Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. Thank you guys for tuning in to Nick Gish. You got your boys Mo, Nafi, and Faiz. Nick's had a really interesting past week, and we're going to dive into all that. But first, check out our website, nick-ish.com, and cop a crew neck and hoodie to wear to your next Nick's game. And keep on the lookout because we got more dope apparel coming that we're working on for you guys that's on the way. So keep an eye out. Bringing in my man, Nafi. What's going on, bro? You got to gas it up a little bit more, bro. You got to pretend like we're working on the Manhattan Project. Like, we're doing, we're cooking some shit up it, it, uh, <laughs> behind the scenes. You know what I mean? The, it's going to be dope. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Like it's going to be really dope. We, we have been putting in the work for it. So, we it, have, it is going to be dope. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, no, I'm, I don't even know if you, I don't even know if you asked me this, but I'm answered out of reflex. Anyway, I'm doing good. Not bad. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I've, I could say I'm beaming. It has nothing to do with the Knicks. Knicks aren't hasn't been pissing me off, but it's just like, yo, it's it's a true blue, beautiful Monday because of, of big blue. You know what I mean? Mm. Shout out to Brian Dable. Shout out to Daniel Jones. Seems like we found our successor to Eli Manning, but this is a Knicks podcast. We get into that. But before I do, Faiz, how you feeling about the Giants? And how you Even also feeling? I'm so I'm so glad you didn't ask how I'm doing because you guys know my I know priorities. Mood, you know what my mean? mood like, is correlated and tied to New York sports. <laughs> I'm beaming and gleaming, Matt. I'm so glad to have gotten that win against, you know, uh, I can't even, like, to beat the Vikings at at their, at their Minnesota and the Giants social media team has been on, on some, like, next level tear. Kill they it. might be on a Super Bowl run themselves. So <laughs> they definitely like, got some petty Gen Z kids in the department now. I oh, my God. It. Those I mean, kids are doing fantastic. The youth. Empower the youth. <laughs> fantastic. So I'm, I'm feeling good. It's, it's a good week. You know, Nick's lost, but it's all right. The Giants holding us down. Like uh, we've been pissed off more in the past by the Knicks than like we have been by this January, and we'll get into it as far as the larger things. But you know, we had touched on it just now. Raptors lost, but how are we feeling after that Double, uh, overtime loss? You know what I mean? Our guys look gassed. Like, are we? It feels like we beat the whole like thing to, to death, but. Well, what are well, I guess what are the thoughts coming out of that game, the Raptors game? Um, I'm gonna say that like I, I don't want to make an excuse for the Knicks, but those guys, those guys are gassed. Like you could just tell by that last shot that Jalen Brunson took, um, trying to like go for the win instead of just going for the tie, going for an easier layup, or maybe even a lob to Mitchell Robinson, uh, taking the three. Uh, you could just tell that you could see they played a back to back, and on top of playing a back to back, they played a they played a back-to-back matinee game, so an earlier game than usual. So, And we already know that the Knicks have a little bit of struggle with these matinee games, but like specifically asking them to turn around in less than 24 hours and be prepared for a game. You even saw Emmanuel quickly put up an Instagram story talking about tired. Tired can't even like describe how I'm feeling right now. So not making an excuse for the guys, but they played a tough physical game against a, a team that we've been having a little bit of trouble with. So, you know, the, the, like, I'm not trying to say that this is a rivalry, but you know, it's a, I know the, the divisional rivals don't matter as much in the NBA, but you know, the fact that we see them so often and play against the Raptors so often, there's a little bit of tension there. Jalen Brunson and Fred Van Vliet, similar prototype type of players, you know, Siakam and Randall having a little bit of, you know, back and forth. So 
there's some tension in, in, in the in the you can feel the tension in the arena. So I'm gonna give a little bit of credit to our guys for still playing hard and getting into that situation where they were able to take it into overtime. But you could just tell they were so gassed playing those extra minutes. Yeah, I mean, if they're tired, then they gotta buckle up because that was a soft part of the season. The next next ten True. or so games are all against you know playoff bound teams. They got the the Hawks coming up again again the Raptors, the Cavs, Celtics. Nets, Clippers, Mo hit the, Heat, Mo hit the Lakers, brown dad you know response. I mean? so like, buckle up. Like that, that that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, they no doubt about it. They're playing off a back, you know, back-to-back game in, in DC. And um the main guys are it's a prototypical tips team, right? Where they're where the main guys are playing over 40 minutes a game. RJ played 49 minutes last night. Brunson, Brand, uh Randall again playing over 40 minutes a game. So these guys are getting gassed out in January and you know, we might see it again, a Knicks team where after the all-star break, they, they start to get, you know, you know, the, the, the minute distribution just doesn't, just doesn't work out for the team. And if, as if the bench continues to play the way they're playing, then it's going to be a struggle moving forward for the, for the latter half of the season. So, yeah. I mean, for this, for, for last night's game in particular, strong game all around RJ 32 points, uh, Brunson did his thing. He obviously missed that night potential game winner uh, I'm not too mad at the shot it was a wide open three-pointer uh, one that he's he's drilled many times Randall played his game um, and you know no one to really complain about except in my eyes Tibbs I mean the, the minute distribution isn't there he's not creating plays for his guys especially the bench guys they come in and they're, they're only scoring five six points and he's not setting up plays for guys that are not named Randall or Brunson or even RJ so if those three guys are logging in 45 plus minutes a game and the rest of the guys don't know what they're doing then yeah we're going to continue to get more L's and it's going to cause long term issues ask you for this the season though. let me ask yeah. you this and I'm not not near or maybe I am or I used to be I'm a recovering tips apologist I'm not that no more but I want to ask like is is the the lack of bench production is that a tips thing or is that just a roster issue at this juncture what do you where would you place that as cuz I know you said you wanted to see Tibbs like kind of drop more or put the bench guys in more optimal optimal positions to produce, but is this a, a a a Tibbs issue or is this more of a roster like constraint right now? It has to be a combination of both. I mean, Hartenstein, I know we've been saying for a lot of games he's not being set up the way he's optimally optimally should be set up the way we saw him at LA, but the man can't catch a rebound. So that that's not on Tibbs. Us not making free throws, that's not on Tibbs. But you know, drawing up plays for Obi to get an open dunk or an open layup, that's that's on Tibbs. Or setting up, you know, plays for Quentin Grimes to take shots. I mean, he shot five shots last night. Brunson, you know, throwing up 29 shots, Randall 23 or something like that. But Quentin Grimes is arguably, or at least one of our best shooters on the team, and he's only throwing up five, six shots a game. If he's a starter logging in 40 minutes, we need to get more shots for, for Grimes you know, throw in more plays. So, I mean, we all know Tibbs is in an offensive mastermind. More of his game is just getting the grit and grind, getting to play defensively and just grind through the game. And that's, that's what we've seen. But for us to really have that long-term success for this season, at least we gotta, we gotta get the bench more involved and the bench guys, you know, on their own need to need to step up. We we've seen some boneheaded plays from Obi. We've seen boneheaded plays from Hartenstein, you know, quickly is really the only guy on the team who's who we can who we can rely on to drop 15 points but we can't only have 15 to 20 points coming off the bench every game it's it's just not you know good what do you guys think i'm gonna reach a little bit and i'm gonna say that um i i blame tibbs just a little bit in terms of like i feel like right now the perfect player who would be ideal playing on our bench would be 
an Alec Burks type of guy. And I feel like Tibbs is the reason that he got pushed out of New York, playing him at the point guard role, getting that sour taste in New Yorker's mouth. So like, I know we're going to touch on it later, but like when we're talking about trade candidates and a, a guy that would be ideal would be someone like Eric Gordon. We had someone like him in Alec Burks. He would be a good bench piece who could, you know, score off the bench. He should, I think he's the best three-point percentage shooter in the Eastern Conference right now. He's doing fantastic. He, like, And they're talking about getting assets back for trading him. And I feel like I know it's a little bit of a reach. It doesn't have anything to do with this season. But, you know, Tim's kind of shooting his own foot there, like not managing these pieces properly and then it netting this result. But you know me. I'm going to find any way to blame Tim's. That's some ironic season, shit, man. Season, like... <laughs> That's some ironic shit. Let's, let's flash back to last year. We were sick and tired of, like, Burke seeing so many minutes. But now it's like, you as know a, what? As the... a starting point guard. But now it's just like, you know what? There's an Alec Burke-sized hole on our bench. And I'm. it's tough for me to disagree because what it comes down to is that we, the Knicks right now, and all be told, Tibbs will get credit just because doing it his way got us to where we are right now. Where are we, like five games above 500? Well above, like, the the, the dreaded kind of play-in scenario or play-in scene. Like, we get, there's still, like, you know, a bad losing streak here here or like losing two games there will kind of like bring us back into that fold but all in all Tibbs's approach has got us to a position that I feel like the front office wanted to see the front office wanted to see but also like Dolan wanted to see us being competitive us playing like I don't want to say quote-unquote meaningful games but we're playing games in that like they do have an effect on our understandings and we're actually looking at the standings how ideally Adam Silver would want fans to look at the standings. Like I want to see like Adam Silver and I would want to see fans of teams rooting for their teams to win as, as, as radical as that is like, we're not in that dreaded tank race. You know what I mean? So all told I'm inclined to agree with just kind of still like the simmering distaste that there is for Tibbs, but his approach has gotten us to where we are right now. But that being said, it comes down to, Tibbs ball is overplay our best guys stagger it to the point where like Julius and Jalen are going to be the primary focal point on the court at all times. And our lineup is basically the starting five and IQ off the bench. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like there's no, we, that, that whole like hope for cam coming in and getting time and being part of this equation, that ship has sailed. You know what I mean? Like it's pretty much like he's on ice until we find a deal. Um, but yeah, I think that's what, what it comes down to. I ideally, I think it's a combination of both. Like you said, Mo, like it's, it's a, it's, we don't have the ideal talent on that bench to produce as far as we would hope the bench would want to produce. Cause that's been our strength for like the last two years really is the bench coming in and really being a game changer. But you know, the optimist optimist in me sees it as like, you know what, maybe this is a welcome change where like, the starting lineup and quickly are the main contributors to us playing good ball in general. You know what I mean? And we're not a perfect team. So that's if, if we're seeing that kind of level of production from our main guys, then yeah, the bench is going to tail off. But I don't know. I think it is a combo of both, but I don't think there's much tips can do as far as like, who, what, what is he going to do with the bench? Cause like if we're, if we're talking about like getting Hardenstein more involved, you know what I mean? that's taking away possessions from IQ. Like, I don't want to see that shit. You know what I mean? I don't want to see like us pretending like, uh, like Harnsheen actually is like the dollar store Jokic. Cause that in itself is a compliment. And I don't think he's worthy of that compliment. You know what I <laughs> mean? Also and lose a lot of leads while Harnsteen's out. On the exactly. Floor, so like I've never yeah. seen 
a big man. Maybe it's just a recency bias, but I haven't seen a big man so befuddled by the concept of defensive rebounding like ever before. Like until and I've seen Hardenstein on the on the <laughs> IQ thing. That's why I'm not really on on the same side as you guys as far as Alec Burks goes. I don't think he'd be the answer because he's. Hey, so hey, hey, I'm not he's on a... that side. I'm just saying oh, okay. it's very All funny. Right. It's, it's okay. I'm just observing ironically. In that case, in that case, Pais aside because he's just gonna take all the shots, you know, away from IQ. I think. Me personally, I think we're in need of like a wing who can actually dish out the ball or any playmaker, really. We just don't have a playmaker. Brunson gets a good amount, a decent amount of assists, but I think he had, what, two, three assists last night. IQ is not really known as a playmaker. So I think we're really missing that playmaker, at least on the bench that we had. You know, we kind of had D-Rose filling in that role a couple of years ago to try to get Obi and IQ going. And IQ on his own is able to, you know, get himself scoring. But Obi needs that help. He needs that playmaker to really, you know, throw up the lob at the right time, get him to cut, just kind of facilitate everything. IQ are kind of hoping grows into that role. Um, and we do see him time to time take that kind of position. But I think, I mean, the Knicks are in the bottom, not even in the bottom half. We're in the bottom five of the league in assists per game from, from the entire league. So really just assists, is, it just, just isn't happening. You can't, ha- if Randall is your, is leading your team. I don't know if he really is, but I feel like he might be leading the team in assists or at least second. Then we just don't have a good playmaking kind of team. You know, we're we're decent at getting points. We're in the top half for that. But me, I, I I'd like to see the Knicks maybe trade for kind of Boyan Bogdanovich kind of player. You know, a a, a dollar store kind of Hito Turkoglu kind of player who's able to make the right play, make the right assist, nice get pull. the get the occasional three pointer. That's a that's a good pull. Get it's get the get the right get the three point shot. I mean, can't. Cam Reddish isn't going to be that guy, but you know I think that's what we're kind of lacking at the moment. I mean, I'm not here to die on this Alec Burks Hill. I'm not trying to like you know like this isn't like something nah, that's late. so passionate about. But <laughs> late, I will no, say have... like the public that... believes you have him tattered on your on your, your torso. Somewhere. Honestly, the, the season where we were the fourth seed, that's what Mo described is exactly what he was. He was an off the bench player. He could pass the ball enough. He was a wing, and then we just morphed him into this pseudo point guard that we tried to like force him to play in, and that's why. Again, he left a sour taste in her mouth, but yeah, I do agree. I don't think like Al Burks joins this team and all of a sudden like the whole dynamic of the team changes. But again, like I've seen a lot of people throw around the Eric Gordon trade and whatnot. And like, I don't really see that much of a difference between Al Burks and Eric Gordon, except for Eric Gordon's probably a little bit more consistent, a more seasoned player and whatnot, played in a few more like clutch situations and whatnot. But I agree with you, Mo. I don't think Al Burks, Eric Gordon is going to like, dynamically change his team but i will say maybe a player like obi Toppin stepping up right now like he is coming off the injury that could change the whole dynamic of this team because what we saw when quickly and obi are clicking at the same time you know when they have that like connection going the bench unit looks different at one point with similar players like last year i remember the knicks had the one of the best bench units in the league the players weren't all that different you know so we i think we could still make it work it's just that I think we need to give Obi a little bit more time. You want to see him get settled back into his role. He looked really good before the injury. So hopefully we can get back to that. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but my, my recipe for like increased or my suggestion for increased sec, like uh bench production and also like to get Obi going is to like something is it, it, something that Tibbs will never do and has shown no track record of doing record of doing. It's basically playing Obi at the five off the bench, make him the bench fucking like center and like run those small ball lineups and like get orange sheen out of there out of the rotation and this would imply that cam isn't like in the restricted zone and that like he's not like in exile to the point where like we could actually use him as like a, a power forward as a as the four off the bench but 
yeah, like it, live, coming back to reality, I don't think we're going to see that from Tibbs, right? And as of now, if we're going into that whole trade conversation, I do think Eric Gordon, as disgusting as it might sound, because of, you know, where we're all about playing the youth or whatever, and that seems like the general tenor of the Knicks uh, fan base, you know what I mean, as a whole. But I do think he could serve a purpose. But it's just really about, like, what do we have to offer? Because I'm seeing, like, from most outlets, you know, Houston wants a first-round pick. Are we trying to throw in a first rounder for fucking Eric Gordon? Like, I'm not trying to see that happen. Maybe I'm, I'm going to make a comparison. Him, I don't know like, that Cam Reddish is worth a first round pick. I don't know. The comparison I can make is look look back at the Victor Oladipo trade. Like, it's a very similar trade where Victor Oladipo, they were asking, I think the Pacers, he was on the Pacers last, they were asking for a first round pick and they were like very adamant that they wanted that first round pick and they ended up with like Kelly Olynyk, uh, something else in like a second. Like a lot of these guys are going to be asking. A lot of that, that's the job of a team to be asking for the highest price. But there's no way Eric Gordon warrants a first round pick. And I feel like the Knicks are in that position where they can offer that Kelly Olynyk, maybe even like you know maybe Hardenstein and like Cam Reddish for example, and like a second and make a deal like that work. Not that I'm like Devil's excited advocate, about though? Eric Gordon, but you know, uh, not to interject, but like you said, Devil's advocate though, like. Is Eric Gordon coming off like a devastating knee injury like Oladipo right, was? Right, you know true, what I mean? That's true, the thing. Like, true. I think low-key Houston being a tanking team, they, they're willing to hold out. I think they will hold out just because they're ass anyway. So it's like they're not pressed to, like, get assets for Eric Gordon because I think he's, like, what, expiring contract? You know what I mean? Like, it would be ideal if he could get something in return. And I think that's the, that's the way that Leon should approach the negotiation. Like, yo. We have Cam Reddish. You know what I mean? He's like a decade younger than Eric Gordon. Y'all have a bunch of young kids that don't know like what organized basketball is. Add Cam Reddish to the mix. You know what I mean? Like so right there. You guys think a scoring guard is what we need? Is off that, the bench? Well, yeah, because I bench. bench. I mean, that's ideally what we're looking for off the bench. I we, agree we with have you that, that. We have that and quickly. We do, but I feel like quickly what we've seen, like I'm and I'm just gonna I don't know, good or bad, but I'm going to keep using that magical COVID season as a frame of reference. But quickly seemed to do well playing alongside D-Rose, a fully functional D-Rose as a scoring guard off the bench. And I feel like we've seen Tibbs, Tom Thibodeau teams in the past use that small ball kind of, at least as far as like a small backcourt lineup well to a degree of like affecting winning. I feel like Eric Gordon, all being told, I think he could be a good compliment to Quickly just because he can't play off ball. You know what I mean? Um, he's he's a savvy veteran. Um, but it's really about what what can what are we gonna use to get him? Like, is this gonna be like Fournier, reddish, really like pass, a couple second round really picks? Pass the ball though. He's not really he, known he to does be it, a, but it's like a it, it, like, it, like, are we gonna bring anybody in as an acquisition trade deadline that's gonna completely shift the philosophy of our team? Like, we're bottom five in assists per game for a reason because that's Tibbs' ball. Tibbs is ISO, ISO to the to the bone. You know what I mean? So like. That being, that's the context we've got to operate in. And that's why I think Eric Gordon, going all the way back, this is like completely somewhat relevant comparison, but like going back to the James Harden days, Eric Gordon has experience playing in an ISO system, playing off of like ball-dominant guys. And that's what we have in Randall and uh, Brunson. You know what I mean? No knock on those guys because they're balling the fuck out. But I think that's, that's why I think Gordon would be a good fit. The mechanics of the trade and like what the deta- details would be in this trade, I don't know. I'm, I'm much too zooted for that, but I'm going to let Faiz theorize. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I'm inclined to agree it's with you. It's just transparency. Of, I'm inclined to agree with you in terms of, like, a complimentary piece that's needed because you're right. Like, adding another, like, 
team, uh, another player that's going to change the entire philosophy is not what we need. And we really need more firepower off the bench because we're not getting enough scoring off the bench. The problem is that Emmanuel quickly is the only guy scoring. So when you have a complimentary guy like Eric Gordon, who's comfortable playing with another ball handler, and that's ideally what we want to see Emmanuel quickly continue to play as the ball handler and someone like, you don't like, maybe you don't want someone like Alec Burks in that situation. Cause maybe he handles the ball a little too much. And on top of that, I'm not trying to say Eric Gordon's defense is like something crazy, but like he's, he's a, he's a respectable defender. And that's something They're you need on the bench right now. You know I mean? Exactly. He's not like a turnstile like Evan Fournier, which like the, the role that we described, yeah, Evan Fournier could play that role, but the defense is so bad that it's hard to play that role alongside a guy like alongside a guy like quickly. And maybe some veteran presence will help the rest of this roster. Cause I know we, we do like this youth movement. It's great. But like, if you could replace those maybe deuce minutes with some, not replace, but if you could complement those deuce minutes with someone like Eric Gordon, maybe someone like Jalen Brunson, when he's playing with someone like Eric Gordon might be a little bit more comfortable. Just another veteran might not be the worst thing, but again, like I, I also don't think that Eric Gordon's like a must add over the, the like over the, the we're not, we're not line. Saying like, that at all. Yeah. yeah I, don't like... think, I don't really like looking around the landscape, I don't really think anyone's a real must add, but if you can, like, like what Nafi said, it depends on the package. If you can move off of, uh, of Cam Reddish, who we're like clearly abundantly trying to move off of, move him to a young team, maybe move off a guy like Arnstein, you know, get Zirko Simpson more minutes. And, you know, the, the Knicks do have a plethora of picks. Like if you can move off the Mavs pick, which is like a fake first round pick, it could convert into two, two seconds if it doesn't convey within 25 to 30, I believe. Like if you can move off a pick like that, yeah, I'm I'm all for adding a guy like Eric Gordon. Like I don't really see the harm in it. Yeah, I think I think we have to trade Cam Reddish if if we continue the season without trading him, it's going to make absolutely zero sense. And it's it's, it's a waste of assets. It's, it's a it's yeah. bad asset. I just think I think for the team, just you know, <laughs> without looking at it game by game, if you just take a step back and look at what the team is, I think we're the best version of what we could possibly be at this moment. I mean, what we're top ten in the NBA with with guys who are stars, not superstars. Where they're they're meant to be the second best, maybe third best players on a team with Randall and Brunson leading the way. So I think Tibbs is doing what he does and as grinding out his best guys and long term. Obviously, we don't think it's a good idea, but for the for the team, they're doing. Like I said, I think they're doing the best that they that they could do in their in this position, and I think this is a better squad than what we had during the COVID year. I don't think that's a your point, th- I'm inclined to agree. My bad, friends. Go ahead. No, you're good. I'm just saying to your point, like we've been saying it all season, this is a really mid team and like relatively mid roster, and all we wanted to see from them is to maximize the midness and be a few games above 500, not. At just at 500 and right below 500 and they're giving us exactly what we wanted it's just you know when you start getting the wins you get a little greedy you know so mm-hmm. when you have a when you have these 10 point leads and stuff you ideally want to see the knicks close these games out but two of these games that we lost like for example to the raptors they're hungry right now like they really want this because they're a few seasons they're, they're, they're lower than us they have to like go out and get these games that they're that are uh, attainable to them so again i know it's not like a fully great excuse but a back-to-back game. You see the Raptors just wanted it a little bit more than us. And to be honest, like, I, I hate using that game, but the refs definitely gave them a little bit of help. Like, they're, they're not, like you know, RJ didn't get that foul call on the last dunk, which was a clear foul. And, like, even further than that, they didn't even, like, they didn't, like, you know how they do the report after? They're like, nah, we were right. That wasn't a foul. Like, that was oh, real frustrating, God. too. It's like, 
What? Everyone else gets that file. How come? Yo, fuck that report, that man. Like, that's some real shit. There's no accountability for anything that ever gets put on that report. The refs is like, oh, it's just, it's facts. It's over to Adam Silver and just go grab some drinks because like yeah. they can't do shit to us. They're untouchable. Fuck them. But by the way, fuck Scott the Foster, one of the coaches, uh, one of the refs in that game. So more like Scott Bitcher. You can you see Foster Bitcher? No, he's a bitch. Is what I'm saying. Fuck Scott Foster. All right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> good one, man. You got him, <laughs> right? Exactly. We got him, boys. We got him. <laughs> Roasted. Well, all right. I guess that transitions us to our our shit list of the week. I think Faiz got us started. So why don't you just keep going, Faiz or or Navi, whomever? <laughs> For I mean, I think, some, yeah. a, a, a more heat, like Scott Bitcher. Yeah, yeah. Just, just more like just gravitas, like that. I'm just saying, Scott. There's another Scott. T that we're not fucking with either. So you you want to talk about it? Like, like Scott Foster some because nobody wants to claim him. Fucking bastard bitch. Fuck him. Yeah. Well, I mean him, but I was talking about Scotty Barnes too. You know, like he he was getting on my nerves. Oh yeah. yeah. Like who? Him? Him? Yeah, him. Apparently, him? man, one? the freaking third pick talking up to like the twentieth pick. Like relax, man. Like, didn't you shoot like four for fifteen against RJ? Like relax, like. And then he mentioned post game that he thought he had the advantage in that matchup. In a mismatch RJ, against RJ, makes, like, so why don't you take advantage of it? I guess Scotty <laughs> didn't know. I gotta give you, I gotta give you one now, Hero. So <laughs> I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, the, the, so basically, shit list of the week, obviously Scotty Barnes. But I think the NBA refs in general make this list because there's so the Knicks aren't the only team that are giving up 10 point leads. And, you know, obviously we're going to show the Knicks for doing that so many times and it sucks to see it, but we're seeing so many leads go just evaporate on multiple NBA teams. And it's just the refs doing their jobs inconsistently for, for the first half of the game to the second half of the game. There's just zero consistency league wide and it's becoming an issue. Obviously we saw, you know, Luca do his thing and we saw Westbrook get, get, you know, NBA grab his arm while he was trying to take, trying to get that game winner and obviously scotty barnes grabbed rj when he when he yammed it on him that should have been an and one and rj should have taken that free throw that would have gotten us the the game so nba refs and scotty barnes y'all made the shit list this week and i will say like real quick like just to make the comparison like uh what a ref should do is like kind of similar to some to, to like the umpire where you want to get the strike zone. Like there's like different umpires and different refs who see it differently. So maybe you're, you're calling a strike zone a different way. It's just the consistency is what you want to see. So if a ref is calling a certain type of foul, you want to see them consistently t- call that type of foul. If they're letting guys play, play out a certain type of foul, you want to see them consistently let them play out that type of foul based on the game. So the guys could get a rhythm. But the thing is momentum shifts like that. When refs are calling sporadic and erratic calls, you have no idea which way the game is going, but not just to completely shit on them. I will say Scott Foster did let Randall go because he was mouthing off at him. He was he was calling him all types Even of Scott Foster knew stuff. he deserved it. It's a, <laughs> he, he, like, he knew he was uh, up to some tomfoolery. Like, he did. He just did. Give my man RJ some calls, man. That's, that's, that's all we that's want. That's all we're asking for. Just give RJ like, some calls. This poor guy's getting mauled all the way to the basket and like. That anti-Canadian bias. I touched on this before, but it's, real it's quick, enough. I don't know if you enough did you guys enough. see on um ESPN the the Kings came on like it was like De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis and they were like showing how they do like a, a play and stuff and all of a sudden ESPN had so many good things to say about how they were both lefties. They're like, oh, teams have two lefties. What? This is yeah, they were. Like, this is such a good thing for them. This is so beneficial. I'm like, you, you guys serious right now? 
How many lefty jokes did we hear? They're all corny, by the way. But like all that shit about like, oh, Jalen, RJ, and Julius being lefties, like, oh, just make him go right. See, nobody ever says about righties. Oh, make him go left, like motherfucker. You, I don't know. It's so dumb. As as a resident lefty here, I do take it very personally. It is. You know what I mean? Like I'm with y'all, man. It's some discriminatory bullshit. You know what I mean? Y'all are people too. Let's add you know I mean? some most, more left-sided desks to schools as well while we're at it. Man. That's a fact. Yes. Be my guys. Yes. You mean like guys. Ned Flanders on Simpsons? He had a store that only sold left-handed shit, the Leftorium. <laughs> Bring that to real life. We need that. <laughs> Y'all have been underrepresented too long. I'm glad the Knicks are at the forefront of this. <laughs> Pioneers, really. <laughs> Shadow manager nobly. Uh, and... Our last segment, the champ of the week. This one wasn't that that tough to decide. Um, the Knicks last week went three and one, and we got a player of the week uh, on our team, on our squad. When was the last time we had a point guard or a guard that won player of the week? Do you guys Chris know? I don't. No way. No, nah, I just completely pulled that. There had to be a year that Raymond Felton got it. There had to be. I don't know. Just one Duhon year. Broke the I'd be shocked. Record. Just one week, Raymond Felton. I feel like it could go back to Marbury. <laughs> Mar- maybe, yo, you know, it might be Lynn. I think it might have been Lynn. Ooh, okay, okay, had I been Lynn. Nice pull. How do we forget? Yeah. How'd we the forget? little known Lynn insanity saga. A lot of people, not a lot of coverage for that. He had a hot two weeks. <laughs> he had a hot two weeks. It should have not enough coverage. That might be due to racism or something. But you know, I, I yeah, really, yeah. we could have covered Jeremy Lynn with one more documentary on HBO or something like. Not enough documentaries. That's what I said. <laughs> The champ of the week this week, Jalen Brunson <laughs> averaged about 35 points a game, about six rebounds, and about five assists. Was clutch multiple games except for Toronto. Um, but no, well, well deserved, well earned, well earning his contract that he got. Uh, shout out to the people who doubted him because y'all were completely wrong. He is him, he is that guy. And uh, I don't people think people wanted us to trade yeah. first round picks for DeJounte Murray. Fuck out of here. We got Jalen Brunson at home. I'll you know say I mean? pr- prominent Knicks Twitter members had threads on why we shouldn't trade for Jalen Brunson instead trade for DeJounte Murray. Not naming mm-hmm. names, but seen it. Sickos. Sickos and sycophants of mediocrity. That's now, I also, I will say, while we're here, it is criminal as Knicks fans that Jalen Brunson is not on the all-star voting and guys like Austin Reeves are. What happened to the New York media market, man? Like, I want to use our platform right now to remind fans Vote for Jalen Brunson. This guy, he sh- unequivocally should be an all-star this year. Like, it's frustrating. It's, it's his name the on China influence. You know what I mean? Kobe, Kobe had a stranglehold on China. Austin Reeves is the white mamba. He's getting them votes from, from Nate. You know what they're doing now? I will tell you guys the, the, the secret. They're, what are the Chinese doing now? Tell no, us. they're saying that people like LeBron and shit are like, fans of like Korean pop stars. So then those little kids on Twitter will like flood the votes for like, I mean, that like, should work like a charm for Andrew we, Wiggins. We you should be remember? doing that. Sure. We should get the votes year, for it was, it was the Tokyo pop motherfuckers. And that motherfuckers, I mean that complimentary because I don't want that smoke. But apparently last <laughs> year, you do not want that smoke. Apparently <laughs> last year bro. they they made they they spearheaded the Wiggins for for All Star <laughs> movement. And you know I'm, what? Maybe they were right because he. I'm gonna say it right now. Jalen Brunson loves Nicki Minaj. So Nicki Minaj stands. Vote for Jalen Brunson. Um, not many of those left. Not many of those left. BTS. <laughs> now they, yo, when they come out the woodwork, they come out, man. BTS. Jalen Brunson. I seen him bump that on his. Yeah, on his, that's you true. Know, iPod. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm very familiar. Yeah, behind the scenes. Very familiar. <laughs> John Cook. John Cook is one of them. I know something like that. So you know he's supportive. So 
Show some love back. All right, Mo, take us home before we upset some. Like, <laughs> I want to add Randall. I, I do want to add Randall in there too. I think he is every bit sure. of deserving of, of an All Star bid. Hundred percent. Any other That's guy in the NBA. Well, I, his name is in the top ten, right? Like I think he's getting it voted is? in. I, okay. At least from the forwards, I want to say guards. Derrick Rose is there and Jalen Brunson isn't still. Oh. What happens is just either Jalen or Drew just seem to go just tongue kiss one of these uh, Tokyo pop motherfuckers. This is, this is put Korean, that on camera. Korean, not Tokyo. <laughs> Again, Korean motherfuckers pop. is used as, as a compliment in this situation. Please do not add us. 1,000%. You know what I mean? We do not want the smoke. The content of this podcast does not reflect what we actually do. <laughs> it does not reflect the will or opinions of my uh, employer. Of Nickish. It, 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 of it Nickish LLC, with, it does yeah, not. It goes with Nafi, though. I will say that. No, it goes to Skip Bayless. Somehow he did all this. <laughs> all right. All right. We appreciate so you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Please. Please, please give us that five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NickishNYC. And keep on the lookout, man. We're, we're creating some dope shit. A new hoodie is coming out very soon. Uh, so keep on the lookout, man. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.